Oh, Craig's here. Um, Hi, Craig. Do you, Hi, everybody. Do you want to do the intro, Anna? I'll do the intro, yeah. Hi, everyone. Okay, Welcome to the Broom Radio podcast. Um, this is a container. It's called Roundup. Um, right now, I would describe it as like a town hall style container, basically just kind of synthesizing um, or attempting to synthesize in voice what has been going on in text um, in the Broom Discord server. Um, yeah, my mind just went blank. I didn't say the day. Um, it's January 10th, 2023 for me. 2024 um, for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, we went back in time real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I kind of did time travel <laughs> overnight. I just, um, I just landed in Ireland, so I was on a six-hour flight. Um, so, I'm probably feeling that a little bit. It's a new moon, too. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I did, I did use like a slightly controversial emoji to update the name of the the voice channel that we use for radio. I was wondering if you would bring that back into the container. Well, I guess, like, I guess I'll say, I, I want to, like, do, like, a new moon check-in, but then I also want to, like, see if anybody else, I guess, like, I know y'all are kind of seeing it now, but I'm kind of curious if anybody chooses to listen later. If you look at, like, the different emojis that represent the moon, without anchoring you too much, do any of them feel possibly racist to you? And yeah, I don't want to anchor any more than that. That's pretty anchored. But I feel like we were talking about it and afterwards I was like, yeah, damn, like, I can't believe, like, that's the way the the moon rolls in emoji, you know? And now I can't unsee it. So, yeah, please, please reply. <laughs> please disagree. I don't know. Please so back me that. up on this. Please back me up on this mission to cancel the moon emoji, which are possibly politically slightly incorrect. Because <laughs> I don't have enough things to do. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. Maybe because it's the new moon. How's the new moon feeling for y'all? Mm. Great segue, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no sarcasm whatsoever. No, not at all. <laughs> not one bit. I want to pose the question you asked in the show notes as well, because actually now I want I want to hear people's responses, but that's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say because I don't want to like anchor their responses either. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I f- I feel like as somebody who has the moon on their natal chart, I'm qualified to speak about these issues as well. Of course. Like you and probably like everybody who has a natal chart. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> without without anchoring it at all. 
Everybody has a moon phase. Let's just put it that way. Right. Everybody right. is somewhere on the spectrum between one possibly politically politically incorrect moon emoji and the other possibly politically incorrect moon emoji. It's actually more like a horseshoe as well, isn't it? The emojis? Or like moon phases, because you have like waxing crescents and you have waning crescents. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got like a horseshoe theory of politically incorrect moon emoji developing, possibly politically incorrect moon emoji horseshoe theory. <laughs> I think that's definitely the catchiest way to describe it in the show notes. Okay, noted. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking at I was looking at the transits for the new moon. And the first thing I noticed is that it's like definitely not an exact new moon right now. Mm. The moon is conjunct Mars. What? I just I just typed current moon phase into DuckDuckGo and it's telling me it's a waning crescent. Oh, and we really? have that moon here. What's that? Oh, I was just noting the discrepancy because I'm like, it's marked as the new moon here. What? So, yeah, I feel like there's this awkward time <laughs> for like updating the moon phase in the Discord server where it's like, there's just like in between phases that aren't represented by the emojis. <laughs> mm. What are you looking at, Hoda? The emoji. Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. Because I just updated it. Um, right. Well, I will say the moon is conjunct Vulcan and Mars. It's trining Jupiter, squaring the ascendant where I am. <clears throat> it's opposite the midheaven, so it's conjunct the icy, which I never really know how to call. It's squaring the vertex. It's opposite Kronos and Hades. It's trining trans Pluto. It's trining. Lilith and Selena. Mm. So it's pretty spicy. Um, does anybody have any sort of delineations or any like body fields on how the moon is affecting them now? I feel like I'm integrating this information because I thought that, <laughs> well, the last time I checked or paid attention um, was when I saw Venus was like right next to the moon in the sky. So I was like, oh, Venus is conjunct the moon. But that's not true. That's not true anymore. That's how mm. that's how planetary movement works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's pretty loony for me. Like, I think the moon and Jupiter have, like, a pretty special relationship for me um, because the night of Jupiter day is always a moon night according to the Chaldean order. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think of, like, night rules as being sort of, like, squares. Um, mm -hmm. Like, Saturn rules the night of Mars day. 
Mars rules the night of Venus there, etc. So the fact that like Jupiter and the moon are trining is pretty auspicious for me. And then the, the fact that like the moon is at the IC where I am, if I'm reading it correctly, it's probably contributing to me feeling a little spicy. <laughs> what about being opposite? Well, it's opposite Kronos and Hades. So, like, you know, I think, like, you know, like we talk about Kronos all the time, right? Like, Kronos is, I think, like, it rules sort of like, I want to say, mechanistic and linear time, or like a time which doesn't necessarily honor the cycles of our body and the body of Earth. And all of the cycles within the body of Earth, like the hydro cycles and like the seasonal cycles, etc. Mm -hmm. And I guess like one way of thinking about it for me is like, yeah, like even if it's winter, we kind of like habitually work a nine to five, even if the sun's rising really late, yeah, going down really early. And mm -hmm. then when the summer comes and the sun's rising really early, and the, then the moon's sorry, the sun's setting really late, we're still kind of working a nine to five. But I mm -hmm. want to say that probably in most definitely like Western and like prop coded countries, I've kind of guessed that we continue to work a nine to five in the winter, even if we're kind of like phoning it in, like not really working. And mm -hmm. then in the summer, I'm going to guess people probably, some people probably work even longer and some people probably find reasons to go home early so they can like hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's kind of chaotic, right? So yep. like the moon being opposite Kronos and Hades for me. And, you know, like Hades is sort of chaotic in general. Mm. And conjunct that I see for me makes me want to say things about possibly politically incorrect moon emoji. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, it's also, also conjunct Mars for everybody. So it's like, yeah, let's get spicy. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I'm like, I feel like this leading, like the week leading up to uh, this moon, this new moon phase has been pretty like chaotic for me, but in a way that's like, mm -hmm. that's like, I don't know, it's like showing me a lot of shit about myself. Um, and I guess within that chaos, I'm not gonna lie, I think it's the Mars doing its thing in Capricorn for the next like month mm. or so is like mm. has me has me inspired to make all these like very low to the ground not public movements in my life that are like very martial I feel and I also mm -hmm. feel also lunar coded because they're like about like my well-being my own personal cycle and um like life cycles but it also feels like kind of snappy too. So like also what you said about like spiciness, I feel I feel really, really aligned because it's like, I don't know, I'm also open to hear more about the relationship in your mind about like relating to Jupiter and the moon. Cause I also feel like there's some reverence in my field about those two being conjunct. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it's like, it's almost like this, mm -hmm. this circle of like fortune and well-being surrounding mars mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. or like or creating mm -hmm. for mars to like cook the way that mars does but also like also updating mars so that like mars can get a better sense of like 
how to honor some of these like time cycles. So it's not like floppily running around trying to make some changes <laughs> that don't honor larger cycles. Um, so yeah, I wonder how that how that lands for y'all. I mean, I'm kind of that was pretty pretty crystalline for me to be honest. I'm kind of like linearizing the vibrational response that you would transmit just like, um I was gonna say something really glib like um and probably kind of gendered you know like I think like in current time Jupiter is pretty like you know like Chad daddy coded yes and the moon is kind of like sweet mommy coded so it's like yeah, I guess like if I want to like build a bridge to what you were saying, which is much more politically correct, and also I would say galactically and intergalactically correct, it's like, you know, if the sweet mummy was like, okay, like actually, like I've been harboring, you know, intentions to, you know, build this sick business plan out, and I think it's going to make more money than like, the plan that Chad Daddy's been working on without much success for a long time. So, like, you know, let's have a discussion about freeing up some of my time so that yeah. I can go work on this sick Mars and Capricorn style plan. And then Chad Daddy is like, oh shit, that sounds great. Like, maybe I can like hang out with the kids a bit more and like be a better father. And then they can see the, you know, their other parental caretaker. Like, you know, they'll have multiple model models of success. Mm. Oh wow, multiple models of success. <laughs> yeah, that's <so> three thirty-three. <laughs> Let's go! The angels confirmed. <laughs> Mic drop. If so facto or whatever. I rest my case. You rest I mean, to be honest, like three thirty three was when you were talking, so I think it's more like a mic drop to what you were saying. <laughs> well no, I mean I like I like the family <laughs> outline too that like you offered because I actually feel like that that linearizes it for me pretty beautifully. <laughs> okay. Well that's good. Um <laughs> Um, I guess like I feel like it was you in some conversation also talked about like Pluto cusping Capricorn and Aquarius is that right? Yeah. Tropically? Mm -hmm. I think Linda was yeah. kind of talking about stuff yeah remember yeah. oh yeah we're talking about Linda on the podcast and she's not here oh oh you gonna feel about that? I love giving up. I love giving Linda shit. I don't know why. <laughs> Just like a little bit. Just Notice you, bit. but she takes her well. So, <laughs> I mean, I, she can she can give me shit anytime. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. So like Pluto is like right near the cusp of Cap, uh, um, Capricorn and Aquarius, but like, how long is it gonna take? Dip in, dip in. Less than a month. I think we. I feel like, I feel like I've been feeling that. Like Linda was saying, she's like pretty Scorpio Pluto code, and you know, like Pluto is that my MC, and 
all kinds of other stuff. Like my eighth house is stacked. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that for me, it feels very complimentary of like the Mars and Capricorn energy that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like more people might hate me based on what has been happening in the last few days. Oh, this says it's 10 more days on paper, this ingress. Oof. More might hate you, why? Not that that's... Yeah, you, think, you think about Plutonic Scorpio energy, right? I mean, like, how would you describe it? Let me shut up. No, it's quite literally that. Like, you can hate me now or later. Like, I'll let you decide. <laughs> but very much the attitude of that Plutonic energy. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, you might as well just, like, end the battle with one one sting kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Just, like, get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'd say, like, so you can relax. But then I feel like relaxing for, like, a heavily Pluto or Scorp- Scorpionic person is just, like, stinging more things. <laughs> that aligns for me. And, like, do scorpions die after they sting something, or do they just, like, keep on stinging? Because that's just, like, bees, right? Yeah, it's just, I think, bees that die after they their stinger does its thing, but I think scorpios just keep on going. That's definitely my experience. Can <laughs> <laughs> you say more? <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Okay, like I'll say like some of the things that I'll do when I'm stinging often look to other people like the behavior of dysregulated people. Mm-hmm. And like this is not complete, but this is just like what's coming up for me now. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'll I'll do the thing and then like someone might call me out as being like dysregulated or like having dark energy or something like that. And then I'll do the thing which I do I'd say like more than anybody I know, which is like, I'll just like go inward and I'll look for tension and or numbness in my body. Or like I'll work astrally and see if my guides want to give me any images about what might be going on. And I'll check that with my body to see if I'm interpreting it correctly. Or like increasingly recently, I'll work on like my clear audience and I'll be like, okay, like just give me the words and I'll see if I can like assemble that into some meaning which aligns with an image or aligns with the sense in my body, etc. And then I'll just like clear it and then I feel like what happens is like I'm just able to sting more rapidly and more precisely and sometimes more deeply. And then I don't know, like people continue to accuse me of having dark energy or appearing or showing up in ways which seems spazzy i'll just like quote somebody that i i actually enjoy talking a lot to in like twitter it's someone called alexi i think litman i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing her name correctly but um you know i get labeled as even more spazzy and erratic alexi even though I'm doing all this work to refine my field and like, you know, what I kind of end up concluding is just that like, that's my authentic self and I'm just like getting better and, you know, more skillful and more powerful with it. Um, Does that align for you? I mean, like, please disagree. I mean, yeah, I'd love to hear you transmit on the nature of Scorpio slash Pluto energy. 
Yeah. It's so funny because as you were speaking, um, I was thinking about this joke that I made in high school with another one of my friends who was a Scorpio, a November 8th Scorpio. I won't dox her because she's an online person. Um, and we used to like joke around how like Scorpios will like wiggle their way through the dirt, wiggle they, their way th- through the dirt. And part of the joke was like, if you look really quickly, you might think it's an insect or like some like little benign creature. But like right when you start to think that creature is benign is right when that creature like breaks out its stinger and kind of shows you what it's made of. Mm. And I think it's, um, I think it's really easy for people to disqualify another person's authentic self by just like saying like that person's like dysregulated, especially speaking to like the example that you gave, um, because it's something that I get a lot where people are like, you're mad, you're crazy, you're like, you're going off. Or the one that I get often is like, you're doing too much. Um, when I start <laughs> to circumstances with like higher velocity energy, like then people give me. Because I feel like that's how it kind of comes through for me is like, yeah, like, no, I really appreciated what you said too about going inwards. Cause I'm like, I'm like inward often. I'm like in my mm-hmm. like, like inner universe often and so like a lot of the times like i'll say like scorpionic energy almost cultivates the container for conflict to take place which can be like you know what i mean like people are like well why are you always i know too well yeah and i feel like scorpionic energy gets pinned for like why are you always the troublemaker like why are you the person but i also feel like it's it speaks to like how plutonic energy can like really not only see those depths but like communicate and commune with those depths as like a natural state of existence so like for me it's not hard or it doesn't take anything away from me to like be within myself and see the like danky ass shadows that people are like lying to hide and i'm like <laughs> I'm that shit and like and if you want to parlay with me like let's parlay for real for real i'll set up the container i'll set up mm-hmm. the range we feel like we can go and i feel like because scorpionic energy can be that <laughs> well versed in the shadows a lot of people misunderstand and miscalculate that expertise because it doesn't yeah. number one benefit their ego and number two it doesn't benefit their their capacity or their propensity to like stay small um mm. In my yeah, opinion. because like the stinger is really sharp. So like, even if you're really small, it can still find you. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. No, that's super aligned. I I quoted a couple of things you said because they were pretty snappy for me. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, but it's like one. I think like to add to what you're saying, I think that like most. I'm gonna say like healed and or like healing or like mostly healed like you know scorpio plutonic people are like much better at doing the inner work than anybody else because i think you know like when i think about pluto i think a lot of that set or seti like the the late uh yeah like the the egyptian deity let's say um And, you know, like, Set was supposed to be an exorcist. And I'd say, like, most, like, exorcists that I know focus on the inner work before anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that aligns with, like, what we were both saying. 
Um, and then I guess like I also want to point out in my spazzy and erratic way that as Pluto is ingressing Aquarius tropically, it will also be like conjunct-ish Mars, which I think like just like arcs it up, like mm -hmm. you were saying, Mars and Capricorn. Um, hmm. And then, oh yeah, like what you were saying about sort of like being in the dirt and then like you're not even sure like what's there and then it kind of like comes out of nowhere. Is that like an accurate way to paraphrase what you were talking about with your non-doctable friends? A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> I think like that's part of like what makes the, in my experience, I feel like it's part of what makes it so abrupt and shocking for people is that like most like again like mostly healed or like healing or healed Scorpio slash Plutonic people I know somehow come off as being like really soft and or alluring. Mm. I don't I don't want to like give too much awareness or usher to like the sexual Scorpio archetype, but I do think that's a part of it based on like what people tend to find alluring, particularly in women and like some men mm -hmm. but yeah i think like the yeah like most of the the pluto scorpion like people i associate with who happen to be mostly healed is because i don't really associate with people who don't want to do in a work anymore <laughs> um I... <laughs> <laughs> they tend to look really soft and then it's like you don't even need like you don't have to come through with a hammer to create that container for healing conflict i feel like it's often just like the tiniest little thing like even like the withdrawal of what might you know people might associate with like i want to say like nurturing mothering energy mm -hmm. can often cause people just come at you as if you like insulted their mother or something you know yeah in my experience yeah 100 percent yeah, Anna's saying, I feel like it explains why people mistake Scorpios for being darker than they are because there's a sort of magnetism. And it's like, dang, like I was just being really nice. And then I wasn't necessarily even being mean. I was just being a little less nice than you wanted me to. Oh, and now, yeah. now you're acting like I threw forks at you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at Christmas dinner. <laughs> Yeah, I've been wow. watching. I've been watching the bear, so that's a bear reference. Not to spoil anything. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm a hot space. For some reason, like Mars and Capricorn is giving me like Catwoman energy. I don't know if it's just because of this like purr emoji that you created, the talisman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally staring at it right now. <laughs> wow. I'm into it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I thought this like Mars and Capricorn ordeal was going to be very like mask or like all this like yang energy taking up space in my body but it's actually not it's like this kind of like catwoman alliance i'll say that yeah it's like this swift kind of like look around kind of vibe so i like that <laughs> yeah it's been coming through a little bit like tiger mom for me which is also kind of like catwoman sort of a hundred percent yeah yeah hmm
feel like some energy is moving. Do you have any reads on what's going? I can feel a lot of energy moving right now through my mind's eye. And I feel mm. like right now some like projections on plutonic people is is getting like doctored up, is getting like cleaned up. Um <laughs> which is weird because it's like opening a lot of room in my like perceptive fields, which is I mean awesome, but I wonder how it feels for y'all. I mean I always welcome the outcomes. Or yeah, I guess like what what arises with the energies which are being integrated and activated mm. once something which at this point like I can't help but release, you know, like once that gets released. I mean, mm. it feels like we're learning in the chat that basically everybody who's involved in running the broom has some pretty heavy Scorpio elements. <laughs> Which kind of checks out for me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when you think about what the broom's about and like the types of people who tend to bounce off of the broom, <laughs> get a little offended, feel like they got a little roughed up. And it's just like, you know, like we've got the receipts right here. And like, I would be happy to print these out and drop them propaganda style from a helicopter. Because, like, I, there's nothing here that I would feel, like, you know, abashed about. So then, yeah. like, if you're getting offended by something which is, like, well within the norms of even, like, the fucked up matrix that we live in, then maybe it's on you. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I was also kind of thinking about, like, where Pluto was where Pluto was in the sky for most people who were born in the last. I mean, like Pluto was in tropical Libra for me. Mm. So I feel like if it wasn't for these Plutonic elements as somebody born in 1983, I'll say I'm fucking old. Mm. Maybe I would be like a lot of other people my age who are basically just kind of treading water while they wait and hope that somebody else fixes the matrix. <laughs> Oh, bars. You know, and I think about that because Pluto is, is a generational planet, and I don't know if it's if it's the way Plutonic or Scorpionic energy works, but I also feel like what you said about like surveying the field and then like not doing that is very Scorpio coded very very scorpio coded in my opinion like kind of seeing what what it is those in your age group or like cohort are doing and then being like no thank you and like opting out yeah on tares no says yeah um that just feels really coded also to like a mm. lot of people in the room as well mm -hmm. yeah I mean, so Julie in the chat was talking about, um, I'll say her, <laughs> Pluto nativity and Scorpio nativity, and she brought up like the sidereal aspect. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know, are we going to go there? I don't know if we're going to go towards like sidereal tropical, you know, holy wars right now. But, um, you know, like what it kind of made me think about is, you know, like, I feel like I've been in the sidereal versus tropical 
holy worlds for a while and then there's like even kind of like the sub like sidereal zodiac holy war where it's like is the zodiac even like applicable to like mm-hmm. sidereal astrology but like you know what i've settled on you know after having like really seminal discussions with people like talamot and ever happening or yeah i think ever happening is probably like the best alias for daniel mm-hmm. i think it's okay to say daniel oh god um yeah um is like i use the tropical zodiac and then i refer to the stars as separate from the zodiac mm-hmm. um i guess we are going into it but yeah like just talking about antares made me think again about the significations let's say of pluto being conjunct mars as it cusps uh aquarius in the tropical zodiac given that scorpio's i think alpha scorpio's antares right mm-hmm. and it's pluto ruled so you kind of have like ares and antares together crossing the boundary between tropical capricorn and tropical aquarius which is just kind of nuts right mm-hmm. feels like a coming home or like a welcoming oh yeah Party. Like yeah. Aris, like Aris and Antares together again at last. Yes, yes. I also wanted to share that my sleep study machine that I got in the mail today is named Aris. That's such a strange thing to associate with sleep, unless you're like an astral warrior. Well. Thanks for doxing me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I guess I kind of wonder, like, if, you know, if, like, so, like, we have to say that Pluto is going to retrograde quite a bit over the next few months. So it's going to be, like, on that cusp for a fucking long-ass time. That's true. I think the last time I checked, it was going to be, like, around a year. Um. So, you know, I think like one of the comments I made in, maybe it was like the Cosmos channel or maybe it was in the Born Days Way, which might be renamed soon, was like, it kind of feels as if like the Matrix is being sort of like wiggled free Mm. so that we can like expose the soil under the brick or something. Um, You know, we we sometimes talk about Scorpio and like Pluto as being like composting energy. Mm -hmm. It's like... Yeah, and then, you know, like, when we talk about Pluto being a generational planet, I, w- I think about, yeah, like, you know, wiggling free this matrix, which is based on, I'm going to say, egregoric Capricorn energy because of the procession of the equinoxes. So I'll say that, like, you know, Capricorn energy, you could say, being smeared, like, roughly 23 degrees, um, you know, it's going to result, yeah, I want to say in like an overweening systems building or kind of like premature creation of order which is maybe out of line and i guess i'll say like we've kind of created extrinsic yeah doctrine and dogma without spiritual integration it's kind of like how i'm reading like the tropical smearing of capricorn um And then, like, if we're wiggling that free, 
and like you know aquarius is like tropically associated with uh yeah i want to say like disruption or like thunderstruck moments or like community and technology i wonder i guess what we're gonna see in the next year or so which relates to like breaking up the existing order via technology and communal upheaval and mm. re remembering mm. i don't know i'm not an astrologer so. <laughs> wow no it's so interesting that really aligns um dang which almost like brings me to wonder though, like if the last couple of years has been almost like a metaphorical or metaphysical like arms race or like the cosmos mm. like preparing different people for a sort of maybe micro or macro like matrix collapse, but then also like equipping people with the right kind of metaphysical tools. Cause I also feel into what you said mm. about the structures that are breaking are the ones that have no spiritual sort of basis. And so it's like, if that's been the running kind of theme in the like microcosm of, of this particular planet, then it's like, it feels as though like the skills that it's going to take to sort of run the show, this like next chapter are, are, kind of like those skills belong to those who have been like kind of spiritually cultivating themselves in the dark is is uh -huh. kind of what i hear um uh -huh. and i also feel like this new blueprint of what is martial like what is martial energy is also taking a new a new shape and a new form and is almost starting to become i'll say for me like precognitive um or maybe like intuitive okay. as opposed <clears throat> But like mm -hmm. something that has to be projected outwards and fully enacted and mm. i don't know if i would have gotten there on my own so i'm like i'm really appreciative of this moment i wonder how that aligns for all it feels right to me i'm kind of ironically i guess and i'll say like this is often an artifact of purging pro programs for me is like thoughts try to jump into my head because they're like oh no don't go or like yeah. you know don't, don't make me go but i was trying to find like cognitive slash like lexical slash symbolical conceptual reasons to back up what you were saying and then i was like actually like it's very precognitive to just be like it feels right to me mm. Ashe. um and i think like when mars was like ingressing into capricorn some of the things we were talking about in the broom and also like in some of the chats I had outside of the broom was about like, yeah, Mars being exalted. And then also kind of remembering that I would say like a Mars day deity in Kemetic law was, uh, you know, sometimes people call, I'm going to say it upward or mm -hmm. wet, which mm -hmm. was, you know, like it was, a wolf-like figure or a dog-like figure which would stand at the prow of Ra's solar boat or sunbark, <laughs> but, um, you know, often was known as the opener of waves. And I kind of think of, of Mars as like a scout. Mm. Um, 
versus say you know like i think like the western tropical egregore of mars is sort of like an aggressor and it's like yeah you can see dogs being aggressive but you can also see them being sort of like helpful 100%. search dogs finding good opportunities in a very precognitive way in a very intuitive and like in touch with nature way and sort of like guiding but not you know, like if you're talking about hunting expeditions, like you don't just like send the dog after someone and just like, you know, it's just like a pack of dogs making a mess with something. It's like the dog finds something and then like you make a clean kill and then mm. you go feed your family. And I think that's like very <clears throat> ancient and also it feels like a futuristic evolution of um, martial energy for our times okay. to me. I don't I don't know how much like martial energy is working for like families right now. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there are parts of the world where it's very much being applied towards destroying families and yeah. you know, destroying life and not necessarily nurturing it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'm like, are we gonna go there? I don't know. <laughs> I think everybody probably knows some of the areas I'm talking about. Hundred percent. Probably knows, you know, some of like, yeah. Let's just not. We can talk about that another time, I guess. Um, I guess it's kind of occurring to me, like last roundup, we kind of like monotonically went through all the containers that happened in the last week. And covered all the containers that were going to happen this week. And I don't really feel like doing that, but I guess I'm kind of curious if, like, instead of monotonically covering what's been happening, like, live in the Broom Radio in the last week, um, if there's any kind of like things which jump out for you or anybody who's in the container right now. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking, like, Lex is going to have a real good time summarizing this container, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you in advance, Lexi. <laughs> Thank you, Lexi. Thank you in whatever you, the opposite of advance is for also having summarized and posted and tweeted and zeded and tooted about all of the containers in the past week as well. Ashe. Really appreciate it. I think I'm gonna also I mean, hold a little space too. Sorry, go on. Oh, go on, please. Well, yeah, I was gonna hold a little bit of space to see if there was anything that, um, container-wise, that came up for anyone to like share or reflect on, or even conversationally. I mean, field tuning was right on point. I mean, I think I don't. I'm not very good at Taraki. <laughs> it's a little rocky for me, but I I do remember you pulling the death card, and then one of my friends also pulled the death card, and there has been a shit ton of death and rebirth, which you know we kind of already talk about with regard to Pluto and Scorpionic energy. Hundred percent. But um, you know, Phil Tuna is always a really fun container for me, and um, yeah, I'd say like both accelerated and smoothed some of those changes 
Mm. That was cool. Thanks for reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean i think it's worth calling out that like we kind of like started to to like boot up like social media accounts for the broom radio and yep. you know start distributing the load of handling that which i think is pretty exciting because i think you know one of the things that the broom stands for like geometrically right it's like the broom like there's like a handle and then it kind of spreads out into all these different like fronds which are used to sweep and mm -hmm. i feel like i often think about that as like representing like the plurality the, the plurality of voices in the broom oh. um and like i think yeah you know like in addition to like offloading and like distributing work i think just like allowing for um, a greater diversity of voices mm -hmm. even as we start talking about like increasing the consistency of the brand feels really aligned and also really cool for me and then you know i guess like in that vein i think the first episode of the archetypal hour from adam archetype went up in the last week called the flowing river and i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet so i'm really looking forward to it yeah those containers are always just great um our archetypal hour i just i don't really have the words to capture how I feel about it, but I'm I'm really grateful that it's here. I'm really grateful that um it's something that Adam is down to offer. And it seems like it's been uh, yeah, the metaphor that you said relating to the broom, um, like the physical brooming <laughs> and things um kind of dispersing amongst different voices. I've also noticed that like Adam is someone who like joined the broom um was like a couple months ago in the mm. in the last round of of 2023 and i just um have noticed how his containers sort of or archetypal hours sort of act as like a sponge in a way which we actually talked about in his container yes yeah like there's some sort of like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to describe like it i can I don't know if I want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But like, and I hate interrupting people, even though I inadvertently do it more than I'd like to. But um, for me, I feel like I haven't exactly tuned into like the sky ancestry or the earth ancestry of this guy, Adam. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say he's very sun and Jupiter oriented. And okay. I feel like there's a lot of like healed, like, western lineage energy there Oof. um well so i feel like you know taking a lot of our sort of like sometimes illegible to some people stuff juice and then kind of like you know yeah i want to say like fermenting it down into something which like aligns with like western archetypes and western perspectives is something that I often feel and witness happening in those containers and in Adam's output in general. Um, and it's really refreshing for me, right? Because like most of my earth lineages are like very Eastern. Most of my sky lineages are like anciently Western as in like North African, Central Asian, and also Eastern. 
but I grew up in a Western country, which is where I am now. Um, mm. Which is also why I can't make it the archetypal hour live because it's at four o'clock in the morning and past time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it kind of feels like when I see the way that he's sort of um, not only um, recapitulating like our stuff, but also adding his own yoses, which is again like very pluralistic and broom-like. Mm. It, it it it's like. I don't know. It's like uh, it's like kind of hearing it from parts of myself in some way, mm. which which feels really nice. That feels really aligned. Feel, yeah, hopefully that aligns with what you were saying in terms of like being sponge-like. And I think mm-hmm. all of these things are meant in very like reverent ways. Hundred percent. But please disagree, Adam. Please. Um, I love to disagree, especially with people who embody Western archetypes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've disagreed a shit ton of times on like the place of archetypes itself, but in in really fun ways, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, is there anything that came up in that container you want to talk about without ruining it for me? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't know how to talk about it without ruining it, but I thought that you brought that kind of like pluralistic mechanism of like how content gets distributed in the room up. Um, I just enjoy it each time I'm there. I think the last, the last archetypal hour, I'll just say like, it felt like kind of like, like, you know, like when you meet up with friends to like meet up at a cafe cafe and like catch up. <laughs> Even though you guys like live completely different lives, like have diff- completely different schedules, but it's like that's kind of the vibe mm. that from last archetypal hour. So, listen, mm. I'm asking people to, I'm lightly demanding, listen, <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> don't sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, like, I don't know how many people get to have that experience outside of like advertisements for cars. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> like I get the feeling that a lot of people don't get that experience. Um, I'll say that, like you know, having moved back to Perth, Australia after living abroad for seventeen or eighteen years, it's not an experience that I have necessarily aligned with again yet. So now you're just making me want to listen even more. <laughs> Ashe, my job is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel clarity like about it because I'm like I don't. It's like it is that I think Adam's ancestry is like um, perpendicularly polarized to like mine in a particular way that like helps me see like a distillation process of wisdom and gnosis happening in real time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I find it also lines up with like my Sunday schedule. I don't really have stuff going on. So it's it's always fun to join. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Um, is there anything coming up in the next week that we want to go? I don't know why I said very well like that. I'm not really that kind of person. <laughs> so the Sharia Way Read Aloud is happening in about four hours, which is going to be like very difficult for me to get to. But do you want to talk a little bit about what's been happening with the Sharia Way? Yeah, um, I guess I'll say we've just been piling through Hazrat Inyat Khan's dense mysticism of sound and music, and that's a critique on the way that it's like edited, not the content. 
I actually have been <laughs> with like, I know some people have given feedback saying that the read aloud has been helpful, but I also can sense that stuff is going to be changing in my schedule. So um, mm. I'd say stay tuned. Um, I'd also say like for folks listening to this episode who also listen to the Shady Away episodes, if you could engage with the poll that we have on those episodes, if you're listening on Spotify, to offer some feedback on how these uh, containers have been. Mm. I think that would be really helpful for me. Um, let's see. Let me dip down etherically to see what's happening. It's interesting because I also feel like with the Shire Awe being a thing, um, it still feels kind of like fresh, still feels kind of new. So I'm also... Mm. At this point, I'm kind of inviting or considering other texts, other media, um, mm. because that's kind of like the spirit of the Shere Awe, to like look mm. at and kind of play with a bunch of different concepts that come out of Abrahamic faith, but through the lens of like um, a bunch of different media, like Buku different media. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine us spending the entire time and also, like, localizing this text as the only... Um, mm. So I'm also open to um, suggestions from folks here in the room who are weavers and walkers of the Shere Awe. And I'm also open to folks outside of the room who would, are interested in the Shere Awe to offer suggestions on, like, kind of where we could take this, this group study thing next. Mm. So... Yeah, I've been getting kind of nudges about it too because I was talking about having ba been baptized as an Anglican as mm -hmm. a kid, which, you know, like we can talk about the politics or the, the metaphysics or the morality of baptizing people before they're old enough to consent to or choose. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was kind of saying like, you know, I'd rather be a Catholic or like I'd probably even rather be like Greek or or Russian Orthodox than Anglican because, you know, the Church of England was created so Henry VIII could behead his wives and marry more. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it kind of got me thinking again about, like, this idea of, like, remembering, like, Abrahamic lineages. But mm -hmm. then I would say also, like, I was kind of getting nudges about doing, like, like a book club based on Ursula K. Le Guin's translation of the Tao Te Ching. And, like, that's not obviously abrahamic but i feel like there's some juicy stuff there around let's say like the ingress of like isa yeshua into the east mm. and yeah yeah you know we can talk about christian missionaries in southeast asia and east asia as well and mm. what it would mean for like daoish lineages to become remembered with abrahamic lineages but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely echo what you said about, like, yeah, taking feedback from walkers, weavers, and people outside the broom or just in the pot, but not um, necessarily in the Shariahwe on what they think, let's say, remembering Abrahamic lineages might look like. Does that feel like an adequate scope for Shariahwe? Yeah, it does. I was also typing. Thank you for saying that because Shere Awe is also intended to remember Daoishness. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like, what are we doing? How audacious. Uh, I know, right? Who gave us the right? I guess like Adam would call it Caucasity. Are we, are we embodying Caucasity as non-Caucasians now? <laughs> I was like, what is it called when you're not Caucasian? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just all, all, audacious. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a particular mode of audacity, which, you know, is why I think there is a term such as Caucasity, which is like beyond audacity. And like, maybe, I don't know, like what's, I want to say like a brassity. <laughs> and it's like intrepid. A brassity, like, it makes me think about bringing it in for a hug, you know, like a brasso. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, we're just like bringing in all these lineages for an Abrahamic cuddle. That's Bear really. Hug. Yeah. I mean, especially since we're thinking about like, Re, like giving like martial archetypes a haircut i'm like that's the first place that I, that I would go the fathers of the abrahamic faith and just ask them like what were you guys thinking and do you need help rethinking that <laughs> intrepid indeed i mean i'm kind of thinking also like when i think of like what it means to remember some of the you know like the aspects that i'll say like my ancestors admire that abrahamic lineages is you know like writing things down this is not something that i'd say like Daoist lineages did an amazing job of or like you know writing things down and then making sure they're translated correctly because there are some really fucked up translations of Daoist texts out there um and then i'll say having well-defined and rigorously adhered to processes for coming up with interpretations of doctrine which end up being legalistically applicable because you know like my friends kind of asked me like like what would like esoteric Taoishness look like as statecraft on like the nation state <laughs> or even like you know mega nation state level and you know i can talk about china i don't think china is very Taoist. i would say china is like very confucian or neo-confucian mm -hmm. so whereas you know i think it's pretty clear at least for me to see how the governance of let's say like the nato alliance adheres to aspects of interpretations of abrahamic doctrine mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah i'm kind of curious if Anything comes up for any of you all, all yeah. in, response, in response to that or the idea of like, what does, what do Abrahamic lineages healed outside of time have to offer to other lineages that might become part of Sharia? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I'm going to hold space. He's got the whole world. <laughs> and it's, it's like a whole and, and his great sticky hands. <laughs> and he better not fuck shit up. <clears throat> oh, oh. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard for me to lump them together sometimes in those big sticky hands. <laughs> I, I do want to, I do want to record 
I do. I'm. I'm gonna like put Beast Monster Tiff on the spot and ask if we can record a retelling of the story of Alchira oh. and an exegesis. Can we do that? God, yes, that would be amazing. Because I was talking about Alchira to people who were not there for the initial telling and exegesis of that story, and I was like. I tried to tell one of my friends about the Alchida story and I was like, I'm I'm doing like a 35% as good as Tiff job of this. I kind of wish I hadn't even tried. Yeah, yeah. That's know, like she, I feel like Tiff's got a way. Tiff kind of goes off, in my opinion. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely be down to ask her. Um, maybe I'll prep her for it today in the read aloud so she can be all ready for it. To be recorded on Saturday. Ah, shit. Um, yeah. I just got like a hallelujah emoji custom talisman in the chat. Um, how you how you feeling about rounding up roundup? Feels good to me. I feel like. The question you asked was really powerful, so I'm looking forward to seeing what trickles out of that. But Roundup, Roundup feels complete to me. How, how about to y'all? Um, I mean, I, f- I feel like we came full circle on like possibly politically incorrect moon emoji in a sort <laughs> of oblique, perpendicular way. So I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs> the horseshoe is complete. <laughs> The horseshoe <laughs> is now a pizza pan. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, Lexi, do you want to do the honors and show Craig the way to the parking lot? <laughs> wow, she's actually listening. That was a test. That was definitely a test. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure like, if she just falls asleep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Broom Radio. Do you want to do the outro, Anna? Well, you already started. Yeah, I know, but you can go for it. Thank you for listening to The Broom Radio Um, (laughs) Please let us know How this episode lands Um, And yeah Take care Bye everyone